Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I am your host, Tyler Brown. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I am your host, Tyler Brown. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I am your host, Tyler Brown. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. This isn't working. Hang People on. have already started. Active on, apply directly to the head. Active on, apply directly to the head. <laughs> What's that from? I don't know what that is. It's a commercial for Active on but you apply directly <laughs> to the head. Oh, right. That's such an old commercial. Sorry, I'm older than I look. When was that? That was like the 90s? 90s, 80s. 2000s. Was, it was the 70s. Sure, I oh, remember the 70s. Yeah. I remember it <laughs> yeah. fondly. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's actually do the intro. Uh, well, let me restart this shit. Yeah, I actually seconds. had a thing that I was doing and then I lost it. Okay, do your countdown again. Five, four. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Brown. Cult of Comics podcast is the only podcast that you can find where the price of admission is the same cost of the price of submission. Today, I'm joined by my usual co-hosts, Sean Walsh and Josh Graven. How are you guys doing? All right. Pubs are no open names. tomorrow. Very excited. No names? We don't do names here. We don't do names here? Should we? Should I start giving you guys nicknames? Yes. Do it. Okay, well, you're Tiddlywinks. That's obvious. And then you are... What's it called when you're in... You're Witsec. That's your name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So what's my nickname? Hamzy McGee. Fuck you, Oh, because of my hair? No, because you're bisexual. Listen, you haven't lived until you at least split it right down the middle, right in an even center. Have you considered just scarring the side of your face that's got the hair dye with acid? <laughs> and just fully embracing the... Yeah, just fully embracing the Would you like to have character. damn or aged... Oh, that was so mean. Uh, for those of us who have, uh, for those who have never uh, been on the show before, uh, this is a comics media podcast where we talk about comic books, comic book related media such as movies, uh, film, you know, shows, uh, radio programs, uh, and occasionally actual comic books themselves. Uh, and this week, there really is no news for us. Our traditional format that we've been using has been uh, checking out what's been going on with the news of comic book media. And uh, this week, it was really light. Uh, so usually, we split that down the middle, news, and then the actual books themselves. Uh, but this week, uh, Sean just decided to start deep-throating a straw. <laughs> uh, I was hoping no one was going to like draw attention to it. And like people watching video would just see that and be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Anybody who knows Sean knows that he has some secret gay thoughts that he's been fighting off for years, much in the same way that Tom Cruise has been. The yeah. difference being that Tom Cruise typically physically runs away from his fears. Yeah, Sean he does can that you... funny little sprint away from his gay yeah. thoughts. Sean, can you do like the scream face? You know, the painting? Okay. And then, like, can you do the uh, Zoolander Magnum? Where is this going? What, what are you trying to do here? Why are well, you trying just to make saying, new faces? Like, you know, your asshole is kind of the same. It's a sphincter, just like, you know, your mouth is kind of like that. And so just think about, you know, how much your asshole can spread. What the 
fuck are you talking about? What we the, can cut this ma- shit out. <laughs> I'm. You're the one bringing up sphincter holes, man. I don't know where this. That's usually my thing. I'm usually the people, one making people, nonsensical comments. Pe- like we may as well just stop right here because any listener we lost that listening, already. yeah, they turned off after anal sphincter if they even made it that for, far. For the two listeners at home, thank you for supporting us. We appreciate your support all day, every day. Um, and I guess the big thing that we should just mention: what is up with your hair now? Usually, I, I'm the one with the crazy hair. You're you look like you just yeah. Don't do that. That makes it look worse. You look like you just you know what it is. You. Uh, no, you both look insane. All right, I'm ignoring you. Um, the only news that we can really talk about this week is going to be that apparently there's been an announcement that there's going to be Lady Bane, Bane's daughter, in the upcoming issue of Joker number two. That's even worse. Don't do that to your hair. <laughs> you look like you belong in uh, on set. Yeah, you look like Willard. No, you know what? You look like uh, Oliver Twist. You look like you're about to go. So please, uh, can please I have sir, some more? can I have some more? Like the the opposite of Richie Rich, poorie poor. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for me. insulting me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty. Please, much don't, please donate to our news. Patreon. I need money. Poorie <laughs> McPaul. This is the only way that we can get food into Sean's tummy is when exactly. giving him a dollar from Patreon. I'm wasting away. Yeah, you're <laughs> withering away eating your McDonald's right now. Yeah. News, McDonald's? Right? We were yeah. going to talk about the news. What, yeah, what do you guys call McDonald's over there? McDonald's. Uh, we call it Mickey D's over here. Uh, yeah. sometimes, sometimes we say Mackey's. That's cute. All right. Oh, um, so cute. It is. Uh, so this week is just going to be talking about uh, the comic books that we read this week. Um, it's been a hefty week for me. Um, I would say that uh, this is, despite the fact that I didn't get most of my physical copies of stuff, I actually still got a pretty hefty amount. I'm going to show the camera right now. And, That's an you know, absolute unit of a pile. I am also an absolute unit of a pile. <laughs> a lot of comics for me. One might say that I'm an absolute unit of a gummer pile. Yeah. Anybody, anybody who knows what that is is also old. God damn it. Um, no wonder I don't understand it. That's an old show. It's an old movie. Uh, franchise, actually, isn't it? Yeah. It started with yeah, the Andy is. Griffith show. Did it really? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Okay. My parents used to, my dad used to call me gummer pile all the time growing up, and I didn't understand it until I was. Uh, grown adult i think um yeah so i guess we can just jump right into it um this week's been really awesome uh for comic books the big thing obviously for everybody is going to be the fact that jeff johns and gary franks uh with brad anderson on colors uh geiger number one came out and despite a lot of the controversy uh that's been going around with uh the ray fisher accusations um we still wanted to pick it up uh we're still really big fans of his work and this reaffirms that that this is continuing yeah, to be just a, another piece of, which i mean i don't know about you guys i actually was anticipating uh at least the worst just because i didn't want to have my expectations up high uh based on what happened with uh three jokers i was expecting um, it to be enjoyable but maybe a little lackluster but i think it lived yeah. up to any hype i had and exceeded my hype i didn't anticipate it being the way that it 
<laughs> in some ways it felt very Jeff Johns uh, based on the, uh, the way the comic ended. Um, this yep. feels kind of like Fallout New Vegas a little bit. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't too hot on the uh, ending. I've seen this kind of thing before, but the- uh, Have you seen it from Jeff Johns? Have you seen yeah. it from Shazam's Jeff Johns? Yeah. No, the, I was in- um, Jeff, Jeff that, Johns of that, Justice League, the theatrical cuts. Yeah. That page two, page three spread, I was in. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I um, I usually am not a fan of when people, this is a spoiler alert, by the way, going into this show, uh, we are talking about the books that we've read, so we're probably going to spoil some things for you. Um, if you don't care about that, cool. Um, there's a scene where he kills the dog, where one of the neighbors kills the dog, and that is like a really big no-no point for me in books. I hate that, but I was, I was still not okay with it in this, but it definitely added to the... Yeah. You don't know if the dog died. He's not. He's bleeding. holding it. He's holding it while it's going. It's. You say we're yeah. wandering off. I said a nuclear bomb went off. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. Anything can change at that point. He basically got, you know, Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, that page yeah. really did feel like Manhattan. Like. He's been hanging around Zack Snyder too much. Exploding people. <laughs> I. So some of the things that I really enjoyed about this, I'm just going to get out of my way for my feels about this is one, I, I didn't anticipate the main character being uh, the dad at all. Me neither. Really? I Not at all. I, when it said 20 years later, I was like, oh, it's going to be his kid. Oh, all right. No, I figured and it I was him as soon as they, I mean, the guy said, you know, the story's about Tariq Geiger and they call him Tariq. Oh yeah, they did say that, didn't they? Yeah, I ignored that entirely. I figured maybe he was just. You named just like his... to look at the pretty pictures. <laughs> also, how I, uh... comic booky is that name? Tariq Geiger. Tariq Geiger. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I have the last cool. name then, Geiger. Yeah. A little on well, the nose. That's I like that about comic books, though. I like it when they're named Peter. You Parker can get away or... with it, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Peter Parker isn't um... really too on the nose because. Well, no, but if he was um, called Peter Spider, then yeah. <laughs> no, no, it would be more like uh, Air Andy Arachnid. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Or it's like something um, Geiger getting radioactive powers. Yeah. Happy Hogan, Pepper Potts. You know, those so none, none, of, none of these. Are, none of these are the same. What? You're talking about alliteration. alliteration. Yeah, he's uh, literally got a... the same name as his powers. There's two. It'd be like there's Tony, two styles of names. Tony there's two Robert styles Parts. of names. There's it two styles of off. names that comes out in comic books, and that's alliteration and on the nose last names, and that's a yeah. Thing. And we start off with a Geiger counter right at the start. Yep, first panel. Um, I love the background storytelling experience of the news. Yeah, I love. Yeah. I've always loved that. I've loved that since Frank Miller, and this is no exception to that. Um. I actually wish that happened more in comic books. Uh, so I was really happy to see that that was continuing here. My favorite thing about this book, though, was the sequence where Tariq is staring off into the distance and you can see the bomb in his glasses. Yeah. That was my favorite thing that I've ever seen. I've never seen that before in a comic book. Oh, yeah. The, the artwork in this issue was breathtaking. It Absolutely. just glows. Yeah, I think this comic might be radioactive. <laughs> I hate you. This comic's radioactive. Like, this is Gary Frank at his best, like... 
his work in Doomsday Clock was next level, and this seems like a progression on that. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, this really has a lot of potential in the future, and I think that there's still a lot of potential for it to fail. Is um, this a six-issue series, or is it... God, I hope not. I don't know if it's been said how many issues there are. No. They haven't announced it being a limited series, and typically they would say like one of four, one of six, you know. Yeah, but remember the whole thing of decorum where like issue three was solicited and it was like three of seven. Mm-hmm. And before yeah, that, that's it was a good point. Like with I Gary Frank as well, that. he's a very slow artist. So whether they do yeah, one arc and then have a big gap and then do another arc. They've been working on this for a year, so they at least have a year's worth of work done. Okay, so for Gary Frank, that's about four issues. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they've point. only solicited... I mean, we only have through June solicits, so that's only yeah. issue three. And, you know, typically what we would expect for an ongoing from Image is that it would be one artist, that's it. But, I mean, things are changing now. It's still a possibility for someone to pop in. Everyone's, I mean, look at Department of yeah. Truth. We've had two new uh, guest artists yeah, like, um, unless they do take just a break between arcs, which I'd be fine with. Mm-hmm. Release six issues a year and make them this quality. I would prefer if it was, you know, maybe around the 10 issues a year uh, format. Take too mu- I disagree. I think that. that he can. I think that the problem is that DC, we all know, Marvel 2, the expectations for scheduling is... Uh, all over the fuck, and I think yeah, but it was a lot of pressure. It was a bi like it was a bi monthly book. It wasn't billed originally as a bi monthly book. Remember? No, they released three issues and then it went bi monthly. And Gary Frank, you could see the artwork he was posting on Twitter and teasing and stuff, and he was yeah. not very far ahead at all. Something must have been going on. I mean, um, if I may, well, I D- mean, the DC, DC started there. releasing it early. Yes, they did. But at the same time, I think that the common denominator there of issues that was being run into was Jeff Johns because the same issue was happening with Shazam. So, yeah, I mean, this was all within the last year because we've all been talking about it, you know, so it would make sense if there was some sort of issue that he was running into for deadlines. Maybe he was focusing too much on the movies or the shows. I mean, I know that he was trying to get Stargirl up and going and that finally took off. Um, he also worked on uh, Wonder Woman uh, as well. I don't know how much he had to do with 1984. He was scriptwriter on it. Which is weird because that movie was just not very good. But yeah. again, I don't want Jeff Johns doing movies anymore. I'm tired of him doing movies. I'm happy Mad Ghost is finally, you know, out and you know, out and running on the ground because I want to see this production company really. Yeah, like we've got one book stuff. from it. We've had another book announced from it. Yeah, please. Actually, let's do that now. Let's announce what that is uh, going to be. It's going to be Tomasi and... Um... Yeah, so Peter J. Tomasi and Brad Walker are releasing a series called Snipe and Slug. And we've got like That's what it was. a preview the picture. Um, he's the gun, she's the bullet. And it looks like and... he's a sniper with a scent, like a, like his little partner is the physical bullet. That... You know what do it you makes think you think of? Shrink and that's what I was thinking. It makes me think of the crime syndicate's version of Johnny Quick yeah. and Atom. you know what I'm saying? Atomic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that it's gonna be kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be a rough ride 
Like he's got that little capsule on his shoulder for her to ride in. It's gotta be rough. Rough riders ride. Yeah, I'm a fan DMX, of Tomasi's works. Uh, yeah. yeah. a great writer and to see him do some creator own has he done creator own work before? Tomasi? I don't think so. If he has, no. I've never read it. Because he was an editor at DC before he went on to write books. Was he? I thought that, he, I mean, because, uh, okay, let's see here. He and Pat Gleason were working on a book. It was Green Lantern Corps at the same time that G, uh, Jeff Johns was doing GL. Tomasi wasn't on it originally, though. It was Dave Gibbons writing. All right, and then he did some artwork with that too, right? Maybe. I fucking love the Green Lantern Corps series. That was a great series. I need to get around um, to reading it. The whole thing from start to finish is good, honestly. Yeah. Um, Anyways, we should go back to Geiger. Uh, how did you guys feel about the uh, the kid that would be king? It felt very Jeff Johns. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that style where people take over a certain location and then you know adapt their persona or story to match that area. I mean, it is a comic book, so I feel like I can forgive it in a certain like with some aspects of it but i feel um it feels a little cliche it's still a good book i'm definitely interested in what's going on i just definitely actually i say it feels like jeff johns it feels like fallout like in fallout new vegas you had that guy who dressed as elvis where he was like lived when he was when his gang space was like the elvis bar thing yeah, but I feel like the weird stuff about the wasteland in Fallout is kind of meant to be ridiculous. You know, I mean, there's a whole sequence in Fallout yeah. 4 with the alien. Yeah. Um, but even then, it's only been 20 years. It's not been 100 or 200 years. And we're yeah. on King 7. Very short I reigns by all these folks. I feel like that's going to be explained. I mean, I should hope so because yeah. that's definitely something that needs to be explained. Um, I also want to say, by the way, that this is really awesome to see that uh, Jeff Johns is doing another uh, Middle Eastern character uh, because that's something yes. that he has been focusing on because he's Lebanese. Yeah. Um, he created Simon Baz. One of my favorites. Uh, one of my favorite yeah. Green Lanterns. Jessica Cruz is also one of my favorite ones, but I'm Kind of tossed up between the two of them because I think they're both interesting. Yeah, I just don't think they're utilized very well. Yeah. Jessica Cruz is mostly Hispanic, right? Is she anything? Yeah, else? she's yeah, I think she's like Mexican American. Okay. I can't remember if she's a mixed race or if she was just Hispanic. Either way. Um yeah, no, I think that this is a kind of it's a really good point too. Like, how many like Middle Eastern characters can you actually think of in comic books? I mean, you've got Simon Baz, this guy um sand uh you've got uh miss marvel um yeah i can't think of any more i can't think of anybody else i mean that's a really good point to be made i mean even simon baz's origin story is a really good storytelling experience of just like the importance of having having yeah, and his, his first issue where he gets arrested and the deals bombing and everything yeah yeah it's interesting that he Jeff Johns is very, he, he cares a lot about painting certain kinds of storytelling experiences with that racism, 
like like so in this book when the uh white uh karens male and male and female karens kind of come up to him which by the way i don't know if this is just me yeah i i know exactly what you're gonna say Uh, were you gonna say that okay hang on you did during the they look like protest the two yeah that's guns. exactly yes. what i'm gonna fucking say <laughs> those these guys are totally modeled after them and if they're i had not, to then I, I had to go back and see if they were oh, drawn like yeah. the same clothes but they're not yeah yeah i know what you're talking about like they're not they don't look like them i'm sure that they probably wanted to avoid getting sued because it's they're, close uh, the, the guns they've got are the same is it really yeah that's fantastic yeah what about the car love- how much do you think that's audi isn't it how much do you think they paid to be in that one panel apparently with um drawing uh stuff like that it's it's okay to do because that kind of falls under the fair use uh laws because it would be kind of ridiculous to constantly need to like create new things in the world because if you're drawing a fucking mcdonald's arch you shouldn't have to pay them necessarily right because you're not advertising yeah you know then i kind of Um, like when they do like slight twists on it like was it shadecraft Last week they had like the pair computers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like that style. That's not, that's not the first thing to do that either. Um, no, I know I've seen it places before. Yeah. What do we think about how this world has been built so far? Because like the things that I'm enjoying about this is it feels like a good setup to a strong story. Yeah. I'm kind of worried about it following out, following up and being a little hollow. Uh it's definitely like, a risk. That that's could... kind of what I mean. You know, like you've you've got, already got a bunch of stories out there, like Fallout, like we've said, and people are going to compare yeah. that now. But I think um, it's got an interesting character. Like his story is quite tragic. He's like, what? What can I compare it to? He he's standing guard until his family finally leave the vaults. It reminds yeah. me a little bit of maybe Doctor Who when Rory was like the Centurion looking after the Pandora's yeah. box thing. I think that something that I've come to understand about Jeff Johns is sometimes his number ones don't always impress me, but I know for a fact that it typically has a pretty strong payoff. Um, The developments that happen in the stories are always very impressive to me. They always end up going somewhere. There's always something that happens that's interesting. There's never a point where I've read a Jeff Johns book and been like, well, this went nowhere. Like even with his kind of so-so run on justice league at least a lot of stuff happened with that you know yeah you had he introduced cyborg's first real villain he and uh, as well it would have had payoff because there was stuff teased by him with um mr oz and stuff in dark side war that then sort of got cancelled and went nowhere until we came to doomsday clock and three jokers Mm-hmm. Like if rebirth hadn't happened, it would be very interesting to see where those plot points led to. Yeah, I kind of think of like uh, I Am Legend, the Will Smith movie. Yeah, okay. I see bits of that, especially yeah. with the dog. Mm-hmm. The two-headed dog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like how they had two food balls as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that some of this, you know, that at the very beginning with the TV and all those, what, six different little bits, I, I hope some of this flavor text comes back at least a little bit. Like, I, I, I'm sure we'll get a little bit more about 
Junkyard Joe, this comic within a comic, because it seems to be all over the place in here. But I'm wondering if some of these other uh, little bits will appear again. That Junkyard Joe does remind me of Fallout as well. Where yeah. you got like, a little pop figure guy. Yeah, that's the, the comic on the back. That's all kind of like Beetle Bailey. Or, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Gomer Pyle earlier. So it's kind of like that too. Yeah. I feel like the little bit of Gomer Pyle, little bit of like, he almost looks like Charlie Brown when he's getting his head kicked. See, I don't even picture Charlie Brown. When I picture, um, what's the name of that British character? He's got the cap, it's always below his eyes and he's always like, at the pub. No, not Tintin. That's the opposite of like what I'm talking about. Tintin is like a wholesome kid. This is like the story of like a dude. He's always got the newsy cap and it's always covered over his eyes. And he's like, oh, come on, love. Just one more go around. He's always at the pub playing darts or something. It kind of makes me think of that. Is that his name? Now, the only thing I can think of is... You know what? You'll recognize him from this. He was in an episode of uh, Family Guy as like a side joke. And then like he tussles with his wife and Quagmire gets involved. He gets kicked out and Quagmire goes, did I just have sex? Okay. Well, I thought you were going to be like Popeye the Sailor Man or something, but... Eh, not really. I don't really see Popeye. But regardless, I feel like this is just like another one of those world building elements, you know? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't really see any uh, connection between the the comic or it's saying it's by Maury Muddy Davis. They focus on him a lot. You know, mm-hmm. the uh, newscast was about him passing away right before this happened. I don't really see any connection to, you know, the creators of Beetle Bailey or anything like that. Well, I'm wondering if there's some influence about like what's been going on with Rorschach with Tom King right now, because something that I've really enjoyed uh, done with Jeff Johns is some of the background plot that happens that you just never actually get to experience, but you hear secondhand, mm-hmm. you know, like they had that with Doomsday Clock with us. <laughs> Do you remember how uh, Putin was in Doomsday Clock? I'm never going to yeah. get over that. I'm never going to get over that. I've never seen that done in a comic before. I loved that so much. They, they had to get it approved by Putin's office before it was allowed to be released in Russia. Are you serious? Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay um because i'm pretty sure that caused the whole issue to be delayed by a week just them getting authorization to have putin in there before release you know what i found out that was uh fascinating i'm doing um i'm back in school again so i'm taking visual journalism uh in one of my courses and we did a breakdown of a famous photo and i chose to do a photo of the obama administration uh situation room where osama bin laden's raid happened and then he was killed so in that photo, Hillary Clinton is cupping her mouth and she's the only one who's like in shock and awe. And that she was photoshopped out of that image and then published in other newspapers in the Middle East because of decency laws uh, against women uh, being like shown in public. Huh. How weird is that? Speaking of Putin, he's just changed the law so he can have another 12 years as president. Yeah, of course he did because yeah. he's a fucking dictator. Um. <clears throat> yeah, last I mean, thing I wanted to ask about this is that the uh, the three guys at the beginning of the story in their you know hazmat suits, uh, they've got the logo KI, you know, printed on there. Uh, 
I'm thinking that might be like King's Infantry. Oh yeah, that's really smart. Okay. Where yeah. does it say KI? Um, so if you go to the 20 years later page, which is like page Oh, okay. Like page 12. Oh, I see. Yeah, sorry. When you said the beginning with the hazmat suits, I thought you meant the prologue thing. Yeah. No, it was 12 pages in. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Okay. Any yeah, other that, things you guys want to point out? The little page at the end where you've got all the different leaders of the different hotels in yeah. Las Vegas, it did just scream fallout to me. It yeah. does. I'm, I have no opposition towards this taking place in Nevada and, and you know, having fun with the kind of fallouty themes. I don't really have an issue with that because, I mean, if you look at Robert Kirkman's Walking Dead, I mean, the entire opening, the, the entire concept is based off of 28 Days Later. It was yeah. originally going to be almost... a not, it was originally a Night of the Living Dead adaptation slash sequel. Yeah. And yeah. then um, Jim Valentino was like, why don't you do your own thing with it? I think, you know that. Yeah. I think I've been a little spoiled by, you know, Hickman. He's got his, you know, diagrams and infographics and things like that. Seems Not like all the time, you know, but yeah. Well, this seems like a simple, simpler version of that. And, you know, he's kind of like, I did we talk about decorum last week? Yeah. Kind of. Or it seems like he's kind of like, you know, we use all the pieces, you know, if we kill a buffalo, we use all the pieces of the buffalo. Sure. If he shows something in the pages, it gets used somewhere else. So that's what I was kind of hoping that some of this flavor text that we see in like page four would be used later on. What do you mean in specific? I don't know, like. Like I said, they went in with the uh, Junkyard Joe and it pops up several times in this issue. We've got the backstrip talking about, you know, the creator dying, that announcement right before the bombs go off. I think this I'm is wonder- stuff that's going to be used later on, though. I think that that's, yeah, that's what I'm trying but if to it was say. A, like- you know, if it was a Hickman book, all of these things would be relevant later on. I mean, I see what you're saying. So, I mean, um, but is Jeff Johns known for that sort of thing or is it just funsy kind of stuff? It kind of depends does, on what it is. Yeah, he has he foreshadowed do some stuff, some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Uh, he, he's a really big, he's, he's, he's basically foreshadow Freddy, you know? That, that's, okay. that's basically what he is, you know? Freddy foreshadow, sorry. Um, yeah, I would say I the big know. difference between him and Hickman is Jeff Johns is very much a comic writer through and through, whereas Hickman. Is an artist. Yeah, he's a visual artist that tells a story I'm... around. Okay, here's a good comparison in my mind. I would compare it to uh, Kubrick versus Quentin Tarantino. You know, both have visual elements, but one is very clearly more artistic than the other. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe like um, James Cameron, maybe, where one is, he'll tell like the greatest yeah. action movie you've ever seen. But Yeah, no, I actually it, agree with that more. It's less intricate, whereas Kubrick, everything was so intricate and methodically done. Yeah. Well, because like Kubrick, when he does his stuff, it's it's down to how he frames the camera angles, how he centers things in the room. 
um, Cameron is very much like if something's going to be on screen, it's going to have some sort of like an impact. There isn't any like loose throwaway stuff. It's very, and I mean the same thing with Kubrick, but Kubrick's is all, how can I tell a story without the story being told right now? Like the sequence, like where he's going up on Jack typing on the typewriter, all work and no play makes Jack a little boy in The Shining. You know, it's it's an ominous tone of him just typing alone silently in the uh, room or the way that uh, the sequence where Tom Cruise is walking throughout the house of the orgy uh, house where everyone's wearing the mask in Eyes Wide Shut, you know, it feels scary in a way. And Hickman kind of does the same thing in a way because when he does his books, it all feels really fucking random, but you all you know for a fact that it has a lot to do with what's going on. You just don't understand it quite yet. Like it's going to pay off either later or it's going to be something. Yeah. You because like the first you want to go back and four, read. the first four issues of decorum, I was so lost in or like the first three. Yeah. maybe. And yeah, then the it does come full circle dense. at the end. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, but then as it explores the world and begins to world build a lot more, you understand where all these pieces come into play. Yeah. Rereading it is much easier. It feels yeah. like a really, really good anime. You know what I mean? Like you almost feel like, uh, oh, I expect this to be kind of weird because it's an anime. But then when you read Hickman's book, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, I expect this to be kind of crazy because it's Hickman. But there's just yeah. a way of uh, of doing it that feels exciting. I hated his stuff at first, but man, going back through it now, I love it. You develop a certain standard for what you expect from him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of tune into um, it. Should we move Let, on? Yeah, let's move on. Cool. Uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so this takes on to The Silver Coin Number 1 by Chip Zdarsky, and I believe the artist was Michael Walsh, was it? It is yeah. Michael Walsh. Do you know yeah. him? Oh, he's, yeah, it's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any siblings? I've got a sister. All oh, right. okay. I'm so sorry for her. You should be. Yeah. I'm a terrible so, brother. Um, full full announcement. Uh, I obviously didn't get a chance to read this. Um, this is terrible. I ordered it and it didn't show up. It's one of those that sold out in my shop. I didn't get Geiger physically either. Um, and I couldn't find it online. So uh, I just yeah, didn't get I, a chance to read it. I ordered both of these months ago, like maybe in January, and I still don't. They haven't been dispatched yet. Yeah. It just says processing. Okay. And I'm like, when am I getting these? So I had to, yeah, I doubled it for these two and got it on Comixology. Yeah. It is a uh, surprising, it's a five issue limited series, correct? Yeah. And every issue, it's an anthology series. So every issue is done by a different creative okay. team focusing yeah. on this silver coin. How are we? I've never seen Michael Walsh's art before. Tell me about that. It's really yeah. nice. And the colors as well are very expressive. Every yeah. page has its own tone. Every page yeah. is the same color palette, and then the next page is something different. Or they go two pages. Okay. The art reminds oh, yeah. me a little of maybe Raphael Albuquerque. A little. Yeah. Like in so the go from, or uh, go just in style. To uh, yellows and greens to just red. Okay. This felt like a Stephen King story. Yeah. It's a very short story. Yeah, that's part of why I I think it feels like a Stephen King story because the ending just sort of happened. Yeah, it's very self-contained, abrupt ending. 
I I kind of expected a bit more to happen. Yeah, I was like, I was reading it and I was really enjoying it. And then like the story just wrapped up so quickly and I'm like, oh, that kind of left me feeling a bit empty. Yeah. Like it was really like that, good, but it was just, yeah. yeah. I feel like that guy got gypped. Wasn't it? Oh, he got a raw deal. Gypped? Yeah, apparently oh. it's a slur. Oh, uh, okay. I yeah, okay. Don't get me wrong. I have no idea why it is. Like, I but it somebody probably, told me it was. I I'm sure it's. I would take a guess and say it's probably derived from like gypsy or something. Well, yeah, it is derived from gypsy. But I, I thought okay, so I found this interesting. Um, I found out that the like the origin of the word gypsy is a slang term der- uh, derived. To I told a, you this. <laughs> we'll say it anyway. To describe people who came from Egypt. Yeah, however they came from Romania, not Egypt. Yeah, so it's kind yeah, of it racial like slur. Yeah, because like it's like a loose description of people who were brown skinned, I guess. And don't get me wrong, Josh, I'm not offended by that personally. I'm obviously a white person, and I'm also I also have Romani history in my blood. So yeah, don't all right, okay. I'll pick a different word. He got ripped off. He got a raw deal. I, he got raw dogged. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think he he's pretty shawned. well done. Sorry? I said he got shawned. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, Learn something new every day. Yeah, I feel like... How many pages was this? About 30, 32. 32. Was it? Yeah. It was... Okay. Get my money's worth. I This should have been 48 pages. Because it could have fleshed out the story a little more. Because... I do really like what I did. I like the art. I like the writing. I like the story overall. But it's twenty-two pages. On Comicsology says thirty-two. I guess it's got some stuff at the end, maybe. This is a great radio. That's okay. Yep, it's got it it's got out. it's got eight pages of just ads at the end for Carmen, Hunting okay. Pilots, Department of Truth, Gideon Fools. Yeah, yeah, I've got, yeah, I count 11 pages. That's 22. Okay. It should have been longer. It really yeah. should have been. That's what she said. Don't, so, don't I drag us down to that level. I thought they were changing the uh, <laughs> team each issue, but it says uh, Chip Zdarsky, Michael Wash, Walsh. They're, uh, they're all the ones who are like overseeing it. Because if you look at the top oh. of the next... Oh, it's still it's... Michael Walsh as the yeah, uh, it's artist. it's written by but, Kelly yeah. Thompson. Yeah. Who, she's an artist I've heard a lot of good stuff about, but I don't... A writer, yeah. even. I've heard a lot of good stuff about, but I don't think I've read anything by her. I've read her Jessica Jones stuff, and it's really good. Um, I yeah. actually really enjoyed um, her Deadpool stuff of what I've read so far. Uh, yeah, she's a good writer. So, I think the... Uh, the next week's preview... The, the next issue's style. preview looks really good. It looks like you're watching like a VHS tape. Yeah. Because it's that's the filter. It looks like it almost looks like you're supposed to have like 3D glasses on, but you yep. see the lines going across. So it's more like a VHS tape that's just kind of hmm. slightly off sync with the colors. Okay. Uh, yeah, it just looks like, fr- yeah, Friday the 13th. We should probably talk a little about the story as well, maybe. <laughs> uh, if, if Tyler's okay with that. Yeah, I don't mind. That's okay. I'm, I'm gonna read it anyways. I don't care. I, I'm 
it's not going to make me love it less. So, yeah. Uh, we've got a band that refused to change, you know, their style in 1978. Disco's coming in, rock's going out. Uh, they go through some old stuff that this guy's mom left when she left his dad, and they find the coin. He can't, you know, find a pick, so he uses the coin as the guitar pick, and then that's when you know they realize that the coin has powers takes a little bit of blood tears up his finger and then they're mm -hmm. set for greatness they're gonna rock out with their cock out you know get all sorts of adoring fans but uh the the uh coin just takes over him and uh takes over the entire bar they're playing at yeah, like everyone's sort of like stuck dancing and they're sort of hypnotized yeah. by the music and like a guy drops a cigarette and the whole club goes up in flames. Yeah, I like these ghoulish faces that they give everybody. Kind of yeah. the the artwork reminds me of Paul Assetta. As a setta. As a setta. As a setta. Yeah, I'm not going to get it right, but it does. No, 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 you said it right. Yeah. It, it reminds me of Outcast, the way they do those faces where you can see the eyes and the mouth in the when they're all in shadows. All you see are the eyes and the mouth. I will never look back on Outcast with anything but fondness. Yeah. It, it is kind of like the last few issues of Outcast where they add that on some pages where they add the kind of glowing, the bright whites and the pinks. Hmm. But it's the... it. The music, the coin compels everybody to dance. Like they show this girl in crutches and she basically casts those off and just starts, you know, discoing. Disco, disco. Disco, disco. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. at the end, you know, one of the uh, arson inspectors takes the coin. And maybe we'll see him again in another issue, but it doesn't seem like it relates to the next issue. No, because the next one looks... The next one's 1993. Yeah. So it's, what, 10 years later? 15 years? Yeah. So he has a conversation with his dad around the center of the book. And his dad recognizes the coin and, you know, recognizes it as his mom's coin. So I don't know how she, you know, if this, you know, kind of possessed this guy, I don't know how she's able to, you know, live with it and also walk away from it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll get at some point a story in like the 60s with the mother. Yeah. We get like a non-linear story going back, like backwards and forwards through time, showing the coin. I don't know. Yeah, I, like I did enjoy it enough. I'm going to keep reading it, and the creators coming up. Yeah, look great, it'd be nice but... if like the stories kind of bookend into each other or intersect at some point. Yeah. The the first two issues of Ha Ha kind of intersected just a little bit, but issue yeah. three didn't. Mm. Just have to wait and see. But yeah, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. So, 
it's a good story. I wanted a little bit more, but it's definitely good. Going to keep reading. Kind of weird that Chip Zdarsky did the uh, one one big issue, and it seems like you guys want some more of that. Do you guys feel like there was like more that could have been done, like as far as like it was just the content or page? More it could have just been more page to spread it out a little bit, yeah. just because the oh, ending. Okay. So you guys very... say different things. It's just the ending I had a problem with, where it just felt very abrupt, mm. and I just okay. liked it fleshed out a little more. Well, they've got this idea of rising to stardom. And you think, you know, if you get in a, you know, deal on this coin, you'll really, you know, we'll take it all the way to the top. But, you know, he kind of peaks really early and then it just takes, you know, everything away from him. Sure. Okay. Uh, Shall we move on? Yeah, uh, we've got Nocturra number two next by Scott Snyder and Tony, Tony Daniels. This is continuing to be a really good series that I did not think I was going to be into. The script is still yeah. kind of okay, uh, but it's still really good. Yeah, I feel like even though it's sort of high concept, it's still kind of being very human instead of being very like... It doesn't have all these big action set pieces that are very incoherent to follow, which Snyder does fall into a lot. Yeah, There's a, there's a lot of character moments in here. In a way, I kind of hope he does go a little big, like later on down the but road. I, but as long as it makes sense. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I'm not trying to say that he should do it like right now, and it shouldn't yeah. have any. Let me put it this way: Undiscovered Country has started with a very simple concept that went in a direction that you really didn't anticipate, but it's still really enjoyable. And I kind of look to his run with Batman, for example, and, you know, you see how it starts really grounded and then it kind of builds from there. And it, next thing you know, it ends up being, <laughs> I'm Batman, I'm going to make a Batman engine so that way I can make more Batman to create trauma and induce that trauma into other people so they can turn into Batman as well throughout time and space. Like, how Is that a thing? That's a real thing. He really made a Batman engine so that way he could induce trauma into people to make them Batman. Wow. It's not just regular people. It was clones. No, no, no. That's the the future state stuff for him is the clone stuff. The Batman engine is specifically just inducing trauma. By the end of issue 46, 48, something like that, that was what it had happened and what was developed. Like there was a whole sequence with Yannick Paquette uh, doing yeah, the party. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember that, yeah. It, it was a whole last thing. And I remember we just being like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah. We got uh, uh, 23 anyway, pages. We got 23 pages in this issue, but two of them are just black. Yeah. That is hell of a lot of ink wasted there. Yes. That's I, all we could have done one page. Know. One page of that. It's meant for impact, I, and I get it. Yeah. I know. I really like the next page where you've got like the tree with all the neon lights on it. Oh yeah, I really did like that. Yeah, so it'd be like I'm a cool to get... place to visit, like now. Yeah. The thing I'm trying to get at basically is that kind of what Sean has said before. A lot of times, Scott Snyder goes way off the rails to the point where it does. It's just like insane, and that was what I was agreeing with. But I think that in this storytelling experience, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you've got a very simple plot, you know, uh, that feels kind of very Mad Max, 
and I think it works here. But I guess what I'm saying is that if he does want to go insane down the road in this kind of world, I'm okay yeah. with it. And it's a comic book, so it's okay. You know? But my problem is just when he does like these big incoherent fight scenes are just impossible to follow. Like it happened in the most recent issue of Undiscovered Country, where you had mm-hmm. I won't say any spoilers for Josh, but like you had the main bad guy sort of become like a big like what's what I'm looking giant, for? Giant basically. Like yeah, like he became like a big giant monster thing, and like the good guys like did one back or something. Well, I not can't remember. So but, basically, what had happened with that? It does make sense considering where they were at location wise. Like it I, does, I, but it's still just it, it is became very big, punchy, over the top. Like yeah. in a way, I'm kind of happy that they're doing that in Undiscovered Country, though, because I kind of I want them to. They have fucking shark sand sharks that they're riding out in the middle of the desert and then lobsters and you know one guy's got a lobster claw like it's all insane like yeah, true fuck it go off the rails let's have some fun um uh, blacktop bill is a cool character that is a really cool character i am very happy that they didn't make him look really like blackfacey that could have gone really yeah. really you know what i mean like they they really could have fucked that up like but they really were very careful with that um i also really like that it's done in a way that looks really cool like you look at him leaning against the car and there's no confusion about his body positioning there's no confusion about like what like his shape is like you see his teeth and it's very clearly like he's he's just black like his darkness that's what he is he's basically armored like it's his skin his skin is infused with this stuff yeah and fell in a vat of radioactive banter black yes whatever the fuck the rule is that he said that he had like forced himself to go through this series of something or other right yeah that was in the first issue yeah uh the first issue and this issue together feel like one complete thing like it it's both of those together feel like the opening setup for the whole story I'm probably going to go back and read this when it comes out in trade, just because I want to see what it's like to read it in like a book format. Yeah. See what that's going to be like. Um, Because it feels like like a little bit of the journey has started, but it feels like the real journey is starting now because, you know, the stakes are finally set. Yeah. I like how it's only issue two and we've already found out sort of what caused the blackness. I actually feel the opposite. I kind of wish that they had uh, paced that out a little bit. Like, I don't resent them for doing it, but I usually like a slower burn stuff. I like it when it's, like, revealed later on. Like, if yeah, they I, reveal I something... Like, I, it does feel like it's, let's get this out of the way now and get into the story. Yeah, like, it makes me sort of wonder where the story's going to go now, because obviously, the first issue, we're like, oh, what caused this? And that's already addressed here. So it's like, sure, what I is guess. the story going to focus on now? What is... Not the mystery of the origins. It's going to be focusing yeah. on the characters and what's going on with this. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. Um, if Image keeps putting out stuff like this in Geiger and yeah, Department of Truth, I mean, at this point, I mean, I don't mean this with any you, shade. You can't forget Josh's favorite book as well. His favorite Image book at the minute. Which is? Deep Beyond. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not really an beyond. Image comic. It published through Image. Yeah, but it's a different studio producing it. Like it's yeah, it's yeah, a Italian, Italian studio, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Arancia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like, and I'm not saying this to throw shade at Marvel or DC, but I mean, if Image keeps putting out books like this, I mean, I, I would, I'm definitely going to want to give them more of my money than the big two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else? Artwork's great. Oh yeah. yeah, no. This is this is Tony Daniel at his yeah. absolute best. I actually usually am not a fan of his work. The art inside is great, but I keep finding the covers lacking. Yeah, he's not it a very good slightly cover artist. It's very two dimensional. So, yeah, the, yeah. It seems off. Issue three, the cover for issue three looks a lot better, but it still you know looks like somebody that's thirty versus her being twenty. Yeah. Kind of strange. Yeah, I feel I, like his um, face is where he slightly suffers. A lot of the times it feels like he is only giving one emotion, which is just kind of like pondering, like staring off in the distance, you know? Um, which is unfortunate too, because I mean these characters are really well designed. They're they're cool. I I like I definitely want to see yeah i do too four of them maybe they'll pick some other people up but they're not like a team of 10. i like the fact that scott snyder is doing his thing where he's using lingo and names and you know little bits of tidbits of information like sundog you know yeah like i I feel like that works really well um if it was in any other kind of book i probably would hate it but i like this okay uh, did you read the afterward? The little no, I didn't. Thing from Scott and T- okay, uh, Scott and Tony. They said, you know a thank you. Uh, they said you know uh, they didn't exactly give a number, uh, but they say you know we're gonna go down. Min- this is gonna consist of many issues, and they mm-hmm. say you know here's a couple things we're gonna explore uh, by the end uh, from black bill. Blacktop Bill's origins to the secret tongue of the human shades. We have so much we can't wait to explore together. Hell yeah, I'm into that. So I guess secret tongue of the human shades. Yeah. I mean, I knew, I really need to start reading these afterwards and these uh, letter columns more. I, I feel like I'm just rushing through um, avoiding those because I, I usually have such a fat stack, but yeah i should give them more of a chance you know especially uh, since you keep getting published in them <laughs> yeah uh did you read the little preview for uh the good asian no no i actually just want to read the book by itself and just just go into reading that that's it oh okay so yeah. you, but you guys are getting that I'll check i'm out gonna pick want. it up because i feel like there's gonna be a story there that's gonna be interesting i like a noir crime story yeah so yeah, it does kind of. He does kind of look like uh, Asian Dick Tracy. I think that was the goal. Yeah, yeah. Shall we go into uh, Firepower Ten? Yeah, I didn't read this book, so you guys take it away. So Firepower Ten, okay. written by Robert Kirkman and art by Chris Samney. Um, I feel like Kirkman is losing me a little bit with the story, uh, but Chris Samney's artwork in this is still pop, just punch through with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of a little bit, dis- it's just not really captivating me like it used to. Like I'm reading these last two issues, two, three issues, and I'm kind of just like, 
Yeah, I get it. It's just, it's it's setting up the next thing that's going to happen, but I guess I just feel like it's just it's rushing a little bit. Uh, yeah. And yes. Y- you agree? Yeah, I I was like just I was anticipating what you were going to say and I was like it's it's going too fast. It's rushing. And that's unfortunate too because it's like I mean it's not like Kirkman is known for making shit go really fast. So I'm wondering what's going on here, what decision was being made, mean? but it, well, uh, have you read Invincible? Invincible goes at a breakneck speed. I feel like there's portions of it that goes at a breakneck speed, but I feel like I feel like at least with Invincible, when there's downtime, it feels like actual downtime. You know, like this didn't feel like downtime. This is supposed to be a whole bunch of setup to be like, okay, take a breath before the really big fight, and that didn't really feel like it at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when Mark is going into the comic book store to talk about Science Dog and Invincible, it feels like a little bit more downtime. You know, when he's hanging out with his family and trying to... Remember when he loses his powers and he can't have sex with his wife? And it it becomes a whole like emasculated thing. No, I'm forgetting that. The weird thing about their powers is that like because they're superheroes or because they're uh, Viltrumites, they have some sort of like sex god abilities that makes women like orgasm really hard uh actually just people orgasm really hard i don't remember you don't remember that at all it stood out to me a lot there's like a whole sequence where he couldn't like make his place pleasure his wife because he was emasculated from it it was really weird no i don't remember (laughs) that there was a lot of points like that where it was very human and yeah okay the sequences in this book felt like had some humanity there was a portion where um What's her face is watching as the husband, lovely husband and wife make love. Things um, on. Yeah, it was uh, that was hard to that was hard to read, but it was well done. Got a peeping tom. Like I get it. I mean, if you had that kind of a relationship with somebody and you had to like live with the knowledge that you can't even say hey hello like that would be pretty heavy for me as well and i feel like he's telling a story in a way that's believable and it doesn't feel like this is what is supposed to happen you know and i respect that he's doing a good job with it i just don't feel like it's pacing in a way that makes me feel interested still and it's unfortunate because i was really excited by this book at first yeah um Sorry, I got the wrong term to use. I wanted to. No, it's okay. Uh, go ahead and word vomit at me. Let's just give me. Give no, me your, uh... I wanted to say that. Uh... <laughs> You're just scoffing and sighing at this point. <laughs> this is the best kind of radio you can have. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I... Uh, I'm not sure that, uh, what is, what is the, uh, the master's name? Which one? Lay fun? Yeah. Lay, what was it? Lay something. Which master are you talking about? The one in the original temples or the one that's been hanging yeah. around? Not Chow Fang, but is it Lay Foon or? I think it's Lay Fung. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like he's being entirely honest when he's talking about Ch- uh, Chow Feng killing Owen's parents. 
you get that look he's like looking from under the brim you know a little bit of side eye that kind of felt to me more like he was trying to there was supposed to be a, a point of saying like here's how serious this scenario is to me more than anything else oh right sorry i forgot that he mentions ling zan right before you know he's kind of like yeah but still it seems like he's not telling the entire story like or why he's telling it now versus you know at some point in the past like hey you know that guy you know that's here at the temple and you know we all work together and train together he he killed your parents yeah it did like, seem like you, such a weird thing to kind of like drop especially at the moment right there yeah like, like, i still feel did you know this all along yeah that's a weird thing to kind of just drop i'm wondering if there was like is he is this supposed to be a moment of hey let me uh, reveal this to you because this is going to have a heavy impact on you moving forward to the fight no. well, it yeah it seems... feels like it's just to motivate him like you know no second thoughts about killing chow fang you need to kill chow fang remember you need to kill chow fang kind of thing yeah a little bit and i feel like what you're saying is that maybe we shouldn't trust him yeah i i i don't trust that i i definitely think his parents are still alive i'm wondering if both of these clans are in conflict with each other and he is just like caught up in the middle like is he just an innocent bystander who ended you up say being... owen is an innocent yeah. bystander or okay well maybe not an innocent bystander but like the poor fucker who got dragged into the middle of it you know between two bad clans for all we know yeah well he sought them out well it's just interesting to me because I don't know at this point who I, the only people I know for sure are the good guys is Owen and his family, right? That's all I can confirm at yeah. this point. Yeah. I think, well, you know, Ling Zan and Ma Guang, I think we can trust them. And uh, yeah, was it Jerry? Whatever the other cop was. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just kind of wondering what the point of like where things are going to go is going to be. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to, I want to feel more engaged with this at this point. And I guess I'm just surprised that I don't feel that way. I don't know. That's a shitty yeah. thing to feel. I mean, ah. Chow Feng doesn't, you know, seem like he's trying to just be an asshole. It seems like he believes that he's doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Well, they both feel like they're doing the right thing. Like, yeah yeah <clears throat> when he talks about releasing the dragon that was the point where i was like oh well maybe this is going to actually reveal here's what i want to happen at this point what i want to happen is the fight's going to be in the next issue it's going to be what issue 11 the next 12? two issues the next two issues are going to be a fight so yeah at this point because it's issue 10 what i hope happens is that I mean, just based on this cover alone, I mean, this cover is probably revealing what's going to happen in the next couple of issues. I feel well, like... Is, oh, yeah, this isn't the end of the issue right here because that stone structure isn't part of the... You know, he's not in the blimp right there. No, well, the, this, is a, this is an issue that they have when they do covers. Sometimes the covers accidentally reveal something that happens, you know, in the future. There was... Uh, the same thing happened with Undiscovered Country back in issue like seven, 
they had a cover oh. and you're like what the fuck is that it has nothing to do with anything that's going on in the book and then it gets revealed in issue like 10 and you're like why the fuck why did you even do that there's no point to that whatsoever yeah you the covers spoiled... of that book especially have been really bad i feel really random and it doesn't make yeah. any sense like the decision making the cover art is fine but the choice to put them as the cover makes no sense at all and this is not necessarily one of those situations but this is definitely revealing that there's going to be some tension going on in the fight moving forward what i want to happen is i want there to be a fight then a revelation maybe someone get uh is lost but this feels like hopelessness at this point in this cover and that's not what's going on in this issue so this is yeah. revealing to me what's going to happen next you know yeah now there's definitely uh some fun things to pick up in the uh rc coda where the yeah. robert kirkman and chris sam Nee talk they talk about you know uh street fighter and tekken 3 you know as kind of inspirations Mm -hmm. the uh shadow clan guys that they meet the guy that kind of looks like uh wolverine yeah uh jean they said that was an early uh original design for chinzel i think his name is jang j-i-a-n j-i-a-n jean yeah that i feel like uh, maybe i don't know i'm terrible at pronunciations of this stuff um yeah, I, I don't know. That I, th I feel like that's all the thoughts I really have about this. I, I why didn't you read it, uh, Sean? Because I didn't get a chance to go to my shop to pick up the. Oh, man, you really didn't get anything, did you? No, I, I read some stuff digitally, but like a few physical yeah. ones, I didn't get around to. Yeah. Okay. Goddamn uh, pandemic. So, you know, we've got issue eleven, the oversized issue number twelve, to contain all of this battle yeah uh and then you know the previews say that you know this is you know kind of the final battle between the two clans yeah so but the story is going to continue going on so what do we think is going to happen next well i mean if you had asked me before the announcement that oblivion song was going to end at issue 36 i would have said that this could go on for a long time but now i don't know you know i mean for but all i know this could end at issue gonna... 24 yeah but still, that would make us like halfway through the story. What, I mean, what is there, you know, maybe, you know, release the dragon upon the world and go after that. Are there, other, you know, maybe we go and find some other clans. Who knows? Well, it's hard for me to determine what I kind of want now at this point, because I mean, with Tom King, I at least know, hey, 12 issue storyline. Fuck yeah. Sign me up. That's going to be perfect for him. You sign me up for a. Uh, confirmed no, no known ending for a jeff john story that's going to be six to 12 issues sure but if it's a continued ongoing i'm probably going to pick it up anyways because i like his ongoing stuff with kirkman i've barely read any of his limited issue stuff and most of the stuff that i have read of his has been ongoings like outcast is ending at 48 walking dead ended at 192 issues you know i, I don't know what his limited stuff is going to look like in 193 yeah yeah. pedantic <laughs> i don't know i guess i uh i guess i don't know what i want with him at this point but i i guess i just want him to be at his best i don't want him to feel like he needs to rush anything robert kirkman is the kind of guy who takes a very 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 simple idea and then peels it away until you get it at its most raw form 
to provide you with a delicious piece of content. And that's what I want. And if you don't, if you don't do that Robert Kirkman thing where you strip down the characters, you strip down the plot, you provide very simple storytelling devices in a way that's impactful, then it's not Robert Kirkman. You know, if he doesn't it's do also, those things, it doesn't. It's also about family. Family is a huge thing with him. I'm not, yeah, absolutely. Um, I also feel like he's definitely become more positive over the years. You know, he's, he used to be a lot more bitter. Um, I mean, that's at least how I feel based on what happened with issue 50 of Walking Dead. You know, I almost stopped yeah. reading it because of that. Yeah, Walking Which Dead. Which one was 50? That was the one with the dead baby. Oh, when okay. they shot the wife and the baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he likes to go big on uh, the big number issues. Yeah. Kill it was just too dark for characters in issue 100. Uh, forget what they did for issue 150. It's one thing to know. Is that Andrea died? Uh, well, she died later than that. That was like 175, it was like maybe. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Because um, that was yeah. the end of Whisper War. 150, I think, was when Rick beat Negan. Yes. Something like that. Um, it's one thing to kill characters. It's another thing for him to be like, here's a way that they were killed. They had their fucking throats ripped out and somebody fucked their throat hole to death. You know, yeah. shit like that. that would That's be Robert messed up. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. here's a character you really liked. Well, they put his fucking yeah. head on a pike and they ate his intestines. Yeah, I... I he, you know, you got to balance the uh, Invincible with uh, Walking Dead because, you know, a lot of the time Invincible was lighthearted, but I mean, it still had its moments. I um, would not say but... that Invincible is any way a lighthearted. I read that thing and remember just thinking, being like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck is the matter with you? Yeah. But it's a different... Every character just got beaten to a pulp every week. Yeah, but it's different from The Walking Dead. Yeah, it is. Um, Shall we move on? Sure, yeah, yeah, so that takes us on to Venom and the King and Black finale. Let's do a review of both of these together. Um, yeah. Because that way we can kind of just move on. Um, this stuck in London. This. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, I, and I told you this uh, in the Discord chat, you know, this, this could have been a really big flop. I feel like when you build yourself up like that and you build that hill and you don't achieve the goal that you're trying to, like just the ending in itself, the with that last page, you could yeah. have done absolutely shit on uh, on the rest of it, and that page would have compensated for the rest of it. But this was such a fun book that felt like a comic book. Yeah, you know, like an actual event. It felt fun. It was exciting. It wasn't cliche bullshit. It wasn't uh oh, roll your eyes, gag me with a spoon, crap. It was engaging. You felt like every character was loved. There was no sidestepping to get around. There's no plot convenience. It's everything well that out. every character moment, like things that could be classed as Deus Ex, they were already established earlier on in yes, the exactly. story. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Nothing, nothing came really out of the blue point. and just had that like, oh, but this character can now pull this out of her ass and. And I hate when they do that shit. Like this, there's there was a lot of adding stuff to the Venom universe in a lot of ways, but I don't have an issue with that necessarily because he's been doing that since issue one. You mm -hmm. know, 
it's it's not hey randomly now he can make a sword it's not hey randomly now he can fly it's it's stuff that's been yeah. built you know what i mean also eddie brock is worthy <laughs> that was pretty cool <laughs> i didn't see that um, coming eddie brock well, is worthy of wielding yonah it would be more accurate to say that Venom is because well no, but it would be more accurate to say that the reason why he was able to uh wield both the 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 Silver Surfer's board as well as Mjolnir is because of Captain Universe more than anything else, you know, the god of light, the uh end all be all here. But um, Eddie Brock died and then what he came back to life. Captain Universe comes back and resuscitates his body and uh so it's like he's it's like he's a new being his slate is clean he has done no wrong and so he, he imbues him so with the power a, of the a newborn baby yeah do you think a newborn worthy? baby could pick up Mjolnir? <laughs> uh i think that a newborn baby could pick up meow meow yeah uh, if they meow had meow. uh captain the captain universe stuff um a big reason why I kind of like that Captain Universe stuff is because it's been so long since I saw Captain Universe anything that this was great. I didn't know he I mean, existed until like I read the previous issue and I was like, yo, what the fuck is up with this Captain Universe guy? Captain Universe has been around forever. It was a 1980s invention and or maybe 1970s um, that it, in some ways is really like top tier quality cosmic Marvel. And in other ways, it's such a cliche, like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? Come on. But this was done in a really good way. I love the design of all of the uh, stars in Venom's suit. That was such yeah. a cool design. Um, I can't wait to read this again in trade format. I'm so happy I picked up variants for this, too. This whole series has just consistently been great. Like the first arc into absolute carnage, into Venom Island, into Venom Beyond, and then into this. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy that they took a risk with him because, I mean, he said he had a five-year plan. He's fulfilled his five-year plan. Here it is. It's been a lot. Is that of fun. five years? That's three years. Uh, has it really been three years? Oh, you know, what? I'm sorry. I'm thinking of uh, when he said he had a five-year plan for Batman. I'm sorry, uh, that was my mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, still haven't had resolution of him. He said he was planning on telling the story of how the symbiote first arrived on Galactus's ship. Yeah, there was going to be and... some sort of a tie-in with the Doctor Doom stuff too. Um, Ooh, Galactus. But that's... So I think that symbiote that's... to spread over him. So there's going to be a couple things coming up with this. After this, there's going to be one issue left of his uh, Venom story arc, yeah. which is issue 35 slash 200. And then it's going to be a lead into, what's it called? Extreme Carnage? Yes, written um, by Philip Kennedy Johnson. Which I'm very pumped about. Um, that's only He's only doing the one shot on that, right? With Lionel Francis Yu. As of what's been confirmed so far, but he could be doing sure. the series spinning out of it. And do you know what that series is focusing on? Hmm. It is a Flash Thompson Agent Anti-Venom book. Ooh, interesting. Ooh. Okay. Which, by the way, if you didn't know, uh, Flash Thompson is back, baby. Yeah, that's right. It's an interesting little thing that they did. Uh, they used one of the Venom dragons to uh, uh, 
basically get empowered with his codex and then find his old body and then collapse into it. Next thing you know, ba-boom, there he is. What is it with Peter Parker's bullies becoming Venom? Um, Peter Parker is an easy target and he deserves to be spanked. I would, I'd bully him. I was in school with him. Venom likes to throw it in Peter Parker's face. <laughs> Peter Parker in his eye. <laughs> it's basically like, ah, whatever. My favorite joke that I've seen online is, you remember when I made that comment about how somebody said that Marvel was nothing but um, military propaganda? Yeah. A really, one of my favorite comments that I saw was uh, a picture of uh, a group of military men saluting and the com- the caption was, me and the boys after hearing Flash Thompson call Peter Parker, Penis Parker. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I really do recommend checking this out when you can, Josh. I know that this is, you know, the big two are not really your thing for the most part, but yeah, this is a lot of fun. This was really cool. The artwork is beautiful. Uh, come on, guys. You already got me doing all sorts of DC stuff. What well, DC stuff what? do you read? You got me doing the, uh, what, Wonder Girl... Wonder Woman. Oh no! Uh, how horrible! Yeah, all the black label stuff. We can throw that it. in there. The fact that you don't want to read the anybody who I do want to read the, the black, black label. That's I'm what like, I'm oh, saying. But you're making me read more. It's just more on top of it. <laughs> just uh, sell one of your kidneys. But it's it's not Batman Beyond, guys. Man, there's, I would. There's an so arc in this called it. Venom Beyond. Oh, no, there is actually. There actually is. It's really cool. Wait, wait, that's not um, DC. No, it's not. There should be a good like black label Batman Beyond story. That would be so cool. Yeah. Let's have a yeah. let's have a black label book with a different character for once. Every single black label book that sounds like Batman. Another Batman. But yeah, what if Batman plus like the one that was announced most recently, it's like Batman Reptile or Reptilian. I know. And like, yeah, it's a cool creative team, but it's like, can we get some non-Batman stories for change? What about yeah, Superman like, Reptilian? Dude, the Superman Year One stuff was weird. I yeah, I flicked through it and I was like, he's having sex with a fish person. I right, like he fucked a mermaid. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Frank Miller just needs to sit in a corner. And not write comics anymore. I want you uh, to do me a favor and mark that down in the timestamps. By the way, you can put that in the timestamps. Tyler yells, "He and he fucked a mermaid." <laughs> okay. Um. Shall we move on? Yeah. Uh. So what do we okay. have next? We got uh, that takes into our one. DC stuff. Green Lantern number one, written by Jeffrey Thorne and art by Dexter Soy. You're the big Green uh, Lantern lover and the Jeffrey Thorne hater so what do you think of this a couple things going on here so for one thing um this is obviously going to be uh, a writer who wants his story separate from a lot of the other uh, storylines that have been going on Grant Morrison's run while very artistic uh, in its design has a lot of confusing elements to it I will respect Grant the fact Morrison that it, confusing I know and other breaking I will news res- crime I will <laughs> I will respect the fact that there is a lot of the Grant Morrison stuff that is experimenting with the comic book format. I respect that. I like it. Um, this falls back into the traditional superhero format, and you can feel this being tied into the Brian Michael Bendis Superman stuff. 
And this is the thing that you have to appreciate about Bendis is that whether or not he'll do anything with it, when he introduces something that is a game-changing event in any kind of the uh, universe, when he does it, everything, every other comic book is affected by it. And that's not, there's no exception to that with what's going on here. Since John Kent has introduced the United Planets, um, the Federation of Planets, whatever it is, uh, the meeting that happens here on Oa to introduce uh, Oa to the Federation of Planets, the United Planets, is a part of that. And there's an interesting development that goes along here uh, where even the Sinestro Corps shows up and uh, tries to pass democracy to make sure that the Guardians don't participate in this uh, democratic organization, which is not unlike the United Nations. There's protests, there's a uh, terror, an act of terrorism, and in a lot of ways, politics aside, I mean, it's an engaging story. I feel like the introduction that we had to Jeffrey Thorne's stuff with the future state was really, really bad. And, and the interesting thing good. about that is he said he pitched a future state story before he was offered a Green Lantern book. He went to them and was like, I've got this cool John Stewart story to tell in the future. And then they're like, oh, we're doing this future state thing. We'll tie that in. So it was like the future state one, which was really, really bland, was something he planned and went into pitch. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just, oh, you're doing Green Lantern, you do this. And just... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And... This is another one of those things where they're kind of falling into the Bendis stuff, like where Bendis's uh, creations are kind of tying into everything. They're trying to figure out what's going on with Green Lantern. It's not the Chrono Gauntlet. Yeah, this... My biggest complaint with this issue is the fact that I don't understand why Teen Lantern is here. So they had established in... Uh, the previous issue uh, talking about how in, in Infinite Frontier they're bringing Teen Lantern to the universe and they have had an interaction no, no, no. with Teen I, I, before. I get the in-universe explanation for why she's coming but like I just don't understand why they felt the need to bring her into this story. The she's first thing not, that they looked into she's not an interesting character. Seeing, the first thing that they did when they brought her in is they said the Chrono Gauntlet it looks like she has the Chrono Gauntlet then the other thing is well, this person has access to our power resource without being a part of the core and not using one of our rings. This is not a good thing. We need to figure out what's going on here. And that's the mystery part of the plot, the little subplot that's going on there. Maybe she has not been developed as a character, but I don't think that makes her uninteresting. I think that she's been unutilized, you know? Also, she is Brazilian, correct? Uh, yeah. Why is she speaking Spanish? There are people who speak Spanish in Brazil. Okay. I mean, it's not all it's ty- just... It's typically a Portuguese-speaking country. Yeah, it is. It's the most dominant language, yeah. but there is a Brazilian... Uh, okay. A Brazilian Spanish that's there. Okay. Just yeah. thought I'd check, because that threw me off. I was like, she's not Spanish. Mm. That, okay. that was a weird choice on their end. Um, I... Kind of get it, but at the same time, it's interesting that they just didn't make her speak Portuguese. Yeah, I assumed the writer was just like, oh, she's South American, Spanish it is. Loads of Google Translate. God, I really hope that it wasn't just that lazy of a development. Um, Dexter's art is gorgeous. Yeah. I like the Kryptonian-style robes the lanterns are wearing. I agree. I liked that a lot. Um, Also, 
this issue features every Earth Lantern. Yes. Mm, is Kyle Rayner in this? We'll be back in the uh, Keep going. Okay. He shows up, yeah, when Hal's doing his little flyby of where the other lanterns are. Rayner mm. shows up there. See, this is the issue that I have with Robert Venditti's run is that he took away one of the coolest things about Kyle Rayner. White Lantern. I don't understand why they, he needed to do that whatsoever. There was no point to that. Also, Robert Venditti did a whole bunch of unnecessary changes that really ended up not going anywhere. That's the reason why I'm not that big of a fan his, of like his run. Yeah, his run was a lot of fun to read, but there were problems in there. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't Jeff Johns, but like I still enjoyed reading it. It was still a fun comic to read. I think that him fighting Zod was fun. Uh, the, yeah. the core fighting Zod was fun, but I mean, that's about the extent of how much I enjoyed it, really. Um, it, was I also better, liked, it was better than his New 52 stuff. I actually like, preferred his New 52 stuff uh, towards the end rather than the Hall and Pal stuff. Okay. 